Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all things mystery, thriller, sci-fi and crime fiction. I'm Lee. I'm Eddie. And this is Season... What season is this? Season 4, mate. What? Season 4, Episode 9. Hello. Well, guys, guys, we're we're out of the uh, Matrix. We've, we've uh, unplugged. <sighs> that VR <sighs> killed me. <sighs> I'm actually... Uh, Eddie's clone, who was uh, put in safekeeping in the fridge, Eddie's dead. Died in that VR <laughs> machine. Died in that VR machine. Lee did not unplug. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike you promised to. <laughs> so yeah, so a few episodes ago, we've done two, uh, I think we're like walkthrough episodes where we play the Exorcist Legion. And for some crazy reason, people seem to like it because a lot of people listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So we might do some more. Let us know if you want us to do the next chapter. I personally, I fear dying again. It's pretty scary, eh? <laughs> like we both pulled out. Yeah, yeah. Withdrew, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um... So yeah, if you want us to do the next chapter, let us know. I feel like it's like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. What's it called? Two Weeks Later or something? I don't know that one. 28 Days, maybe? They have this like eye scanning thing where they like take your memories and then they clone you. Yeah, so he like comes home one day after he's nearly died. Yeah. And then there's a clone of him in his house (laughs) celebrating Christmas. What? And he's like, what? And then he like goes on this big like, you know. This would be a fear story if I was going to write a book about myself. Like I walk into the house, just like you said, and there's like another me there. Yeah, that'd be fucked up. It'd be fucked. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, no, no one else should suffer in the way that I suffer. What would you do if that happened if you came home and there was another you? Well, I don't know. I think my clone would turn to me and be like, wow, it sucks to be you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think there's any way that someone that knew you really well could tell which one was the clone and which one wasn't? Um, Hard to say. I guess it depends if the clone got every single memory of you. And what if the clone believes that they're the original? What if I'm the clone? Oh, Jesus. It's too much. Let's move on. Okay. So this (laughs) week, we're talking about The Running Band by... You said band. Did I? Yeah. The Running Band. (laughs) (laughs) They're a marching band. (laughs) (laughs) The Running Man. I've got a a stuffy throat. I can't believe I'm being bullied in this way. So, The Running Man by Richard Buckman. Uh, we're talking about the Count of Monte Cristo. I put in a howl, like, right there. A howl? Yeah, like, woo! I don't know if that's appropriate, but sure. I'm thinking, like, up on a hill, it's dark. Yeah. A count? Isn't that like Count Dracula? No. Oh. I, I, I am sorry to inform you that not all nobility are vampires. Oh, it's like a count, like a, like a duke. Yeah. Like a princess. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like Dracula, that's that's why he was called Count. It's not like it's not like Darth Vader. Like it's not like I didn't know that. <laughs> like your vampire name is like Count Lee. I I thought that it had like a double meaning. It definitely does. <laughs> so Count Dracula was just a was, count was that just, was also Yeah. fed on the the blood of others. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. 
All right. So I personally am in suspense because you said that there was something quite interesting. About I need to cut you off because I'm too excited about it. About Richard Buckman. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. I'm so going to take Buckman. double time. <laughs> no. <laughs> you like that story that you told the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, The Italian by Anne Radcliffe. Every Wait. time someone tells a story, they're like, let me get to the end. I'm like, just tell me what happened. Just tell me what happened. <laughs> Um, no. So, yeah, Richard Buckman wrote The Running Man. Okay. Uh, so, Richard Buckman, we've talked about Richard Buckman before. Yeah. And we know that he is a.k.a. Stephen King, the king. Wait, hold on. Record scratch sound. Are you telling me that Stephen King has an alternate identity? Well, it's funny you should say that. And I'll tell you why, Eddie. Is it his clone? <laughs> But that whole, like, bit at the start was just because we are going to lead into yeah. Stephen King having a clone. Wow, we really know how to... Con- Set shit up. <laughs> construct a narrative. Okay, that's a better way to say it. <laughs> that's why I'm the literary scholar. <laughs> All right, all right. So Richard Buckman, a.k.a. Stephen King. And I just always had thought that uh, even though Buckman books and Stephen King books would be in the same genre, horror, science fiction, what yeah. have you, um, I just thought that it was a bit, I don't know, I, I, I guess I'd assume that he was just like, oh, I'll see if books sell just as well under a different name. I'll see yeah. if people really love me. For me? For me. Or just the name. Exactly. I think we've talked about this before, it's, yeah. It's like when um, a prince dresses up as a commoner and is like, oh. does Amanda Bynes love me for me? <laughs> or for the crown? You know? You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen this Amanda Bynes film. It doesn't exist. I'm just putting characters right, in. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm really upset. Mm. There is a movie, though. It stars Hilary Duff. Hilary yeah. Duff. Yeah. Yeah, different people. Very good. Both of them very good. Yeah. Side note, Amanda Bynes had some kind of psychotic break yeah, about yeah. four years ago. She wasn't ago. doing well. Is she, she wasn't doing, doing better? Well, she came out, yeah, she did a special interview. She It was, uh, it was a very long interview. Was it with Oprah? It wasn't with Oprah. She, it's some uh, glossy magazine, but right. she's talked a lot about uh, how she got unwell, her recovery, where she yeah. is in life now. So she went to design school and now she's like a clothes designer. Oh, that's nice. And Go Amanda Bynes. She's modeling a lot of her own designs in yeah. the fashion spread. And I was just like, this this is awesome. We need yes. more people in the public eye to go through these things and be held by community. Yeah, yeah, fully, because they're just people. Mm. And, and I think often you just get these celebrities who just combust and then never come back. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, like Britney Spears, like, she came back. She did come you know, back. And it's, it's beautiful. Didn't Amanda Bynes call a bunch of people ugly? Yeah, she did. Um, oh, poor kid. I think it's important to remember that when you have psychosis, you say things that you might never, ever have thought have said if you were not in the midst of a psychotic episode. Yeah, yeah, no, fully. <laughs> anyway. All the best, Amanda. All the best. Anyway, back to it. Buckman. I'd always thought of him as a bit of a pen name or yeah. just a way for Stephen King to see if he could still sell books under a different name. Right, yeah. This is not the case, says oh. King. Oh, oh, okay. He created Buckman, or he might even say that Buckman just came into being uh-huh. as a way for King to write those more dreary, uh, dystopian, nasty, nasty, scary material that yeah. might not have slotted into the King repertoire, which is yeah. surprising because King books are quite, quite horrid. horrific. Yeah. But I think the thing about King that I would say is a bit of a saving grace is that he's so wholesome. You know, it's like that Sandlot Kids... Ray Bradbury, yeah. like uh, one that one summer or kind of thing, and it, it's it's 
very middle America, but then horrible things happen. Yeah, and there's often it often uh, focuses on innocent young young yeah. boys or something, you yeah. know. But these Bachman books, and I've read two now, they are set in dystopian future. Right. Right. And so back to Bachman really quickly. King was saying that it was the media that discovered the link and announced it to the world. <gasps> and he said he was so angry. No. He was so angry because Bachman for him was a character, all of his own creation. So to him, Bachman was not King. It was someone separate. A way that he could write something very different. Right. And he had this whole uh, idea of who Buckman was in his head. Like Mm -hmm. he was this guy that lived on this farm in Idaho with his dairy wife. Right. And used to write these books in his spare time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Yep. So when it was found out, he was really upset because in that moment, Buckman died. <gasps> oh my gosh. Mm. Mm. Murder by press. Yeah. And he was very bitter, very angry about it. Uh, but in the preface mm-hmm. uh, for The Running Man, which I'm about yeah. to speak about. Oh, I mean, skip to the end already. Get to it. <laughs> King says that he, Buckman was dead. Yeah. But a way to, you, you can't bring him back to life because he's died. Yeah. But his wife found a stack of old written manuscripts <gasps> down in the basement. Oh my God. And at the end of the, plot the preface to The Running Man, yeah. King says something along the lines of, you know, I think about that box of manuscripts down in that basement. I think about it a lot. Oh, so we can maybe expect some Buckman. Yeah. Some yeah. more Buckman. And they are very horrid. Amazing. They're horrid. <laughs> I feel like they are, like, quite different to King books. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Do you disagree, agree with me, folks? I don't know. H- have you read much King and Buckman? Let us know. I'm very interested in your yeah. hot take. Yeah, what would you say are the differences? Well, so in The Running Man, it's set in, which I love, it's set in the future, but it was written in like 1985. Yeah. yeah. So we're getting King's idea of, sorry, Bachman. <laughs> I just did it. You did it. Well, because The Running can't Man believe... has been re-released under King. Oh, I can't believe you just murdered Bachman again. And that's the one I'm reading. So anyway, <laughs> but um, it's we get like King's version of what 2025 is going to look like. Oh my God. Can I make some guesses? Go. All right. I'm going to say hoverboard. Go on. I'm going to say... Self-tying shoelaces. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm it? gonna say flying cars. That's right. <laughs> it's back to the future. <laughs> back to the future again. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, hot take. <laughs> 2025 doesn't look that much different from 1985. <laughs> well, I thought I'm shocked. Because I started reading not realizing that it had been written in 1985 because it had just come onto Audible and I just yeah. kind of thought it was a new release. Maybe right. not new, new, but new. And then I was just like, where's the internet? <laughs> <laughs> like, phones are still attached to the wall. You still have I to put like it. a quarter in to make a phone call. Yes. So, dystopian future. Yeah. A huge divide between the poor and the wealthy. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to get jobs. It's really hard to maintain work. But. Which I, th- I thought was really interesting. It kind of reflected what was, you know, kind of happening in our society at the moment. There were yeah. poor people, marginalized people, people of color really get scapegoated yeah. and blamed for crime and their own poverty. Yeah, fully. Um, fully. So he, he nailed that. He just he nailed missed that. the internet. He just missed the internet, but he nailed the systematic persecution. See, this is the thing. Can I just say, I love a good like sci-fi yeah. and, and I love a good like, oh, how would technology change? But if you're... 
uh, technological futurism is in no way matched with some kind of social futurism, mm. I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. It's like in H.G. Wells when they end up like 500 years in the future and everyone speaks the Queen's English. I'm yeah. like, no! <laughs> no, fully, yeah. <laughs> like, and the- oh, good sir, welcome to the future. <laughs> and he did have lots of different words to describe yeah. things that he had created, yeah, which I yeah. thought was really cool. And I thought that... Uh, I do think we are heading into terrible times. Yeah. Uh, so his depiction of uh, the disparity between rich and poor is spot on. Yeah. And and the other thing was that that's very futuristic was mm-hmm. that they couldn't afford food, so yeah. you, you live on like pills, food pills. Oh. Ooh, that kind of scares yeah. me. My pants yeah. off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Look, I just want to say I really love food. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not. So the way that poor people can make money, which is really horrific, and it's kind of like, in my mind, the uh, the, the state kind of meshes with this game system. Oh my god. Wait, hold on. Okay. Did Richard Bachman, aka Stephen the King King, mm. invent reality TV? A little bit. Whoa! Think like reality TV slash The Hunger Games 20 years before it happened. Amazing. So the, I can't remember what it's called, but it's called like The Games or something like yeah. that. And it's yeah. it's called, it's running on TV 24-7. Yeah. So nobody has anything. There's so much people that don't have food or, or medicine or anything mm-hmm, like that, but mm-hmm. everyone has a TV. People line up from the community that are really poor and need to make money and they be contestants on this show. Right. So give me an example of one of these games. So they have to go through all these health tests and whatnot and say you have a bad heart. Yeah. Then you get put on a show which is called like the treadmill show, and it's just like five people running on a treadmill until four of them all collapse and there's one left. Right. Okay. So it's it's partaking in people's horror. Yeah. 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 That's that's the worst. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I don't think I could watch that. It's it, it was actually turned into a film starring. Good old Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was it? Yeah, but I think it was so so far from the book that it's not really considered an, ad- yeah. an adaptation. Yeah. Mm. And that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger found out about Stephen King's clones and then he did that documentary. Is that called, called 28 Weeks? 28 Days. I, I Look, I can't remember what it's called, Two Weeks. Something. <laughs> Something like that. True. It's not True Lies. That's, mm. that's oh, the true one lies, with um, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. And she has one and two, yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> No, but anyway, so the main character, his baby's really sick and she needs penicillin or okay. whatever, and it's so expensive. The the off-brand penicillin that wasn't even made in a lab is really expensive. Yeah. So he's like, she's going to die unless I go on these games. Right. And he gets uh, through the process of getting onto the games and he gets put in the most famous game, which <gasps> is The Running Man. Oh, my gosh. In short, he's released back into the world. Yeah. And a team of hunters is set after him to find him and kill him. But it's... It's displayed on everybody's TVs during the day, like wow. like like reality television, like yeah. Big Brother. Yeah. And the whole country is involved in getting this guy and getting him killed. And he's really wow. scapegoated, like a poor thief, sexual deviant, you right, know, all the stuff right, that we right. know about yeah. how marginalized communities are painted. Yeah. Wow. <gasps> and so how does he win money if everyone's just going to kill him? Uh, so for every, for every hour he stays alive, his wife gets sent money. Oh, and wow. for every cop he kills, he gets a hundred dollars. No, what? That's so <gasps> intense. Yeah, very intense. <gasps> okay, so how many Stephen King clones out of five would you give it? I'd give it four. Wow, mm. four clones. Mm. That's a lot. I mean, I feel like you could uh, set them all up in various dairy farm basements and get them to <laughs> write you out some uh, best-selling literature. So. I mean, really, that's a bargain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've got the highest bar for King. Like, if it was anybody else, I'd be like, it's a five. But for King, I'm like, it's a four. 
<laughs> Take that, King. All right. Amazing. So the running man, Richard Buckman slash Stephen King. Get amongst it. So. Count Dracula. No. <laughs> count, count. Count, count. <laughs> One crime review. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Two crime reviews. Ah, ah, ah. I'll keep going. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I, you know, I've been reading all of this gothic literature. Yes. And I was like, wow, the 1700s, they're a real gas. The 18th century, crazy. Then I thought, you know what? Let's, let's come forward in time a little bit. Let's, let's, you know, let's not hang out in the past. So, uh, I I picked up some Alexander Dumas. Because the 1800s are where it's at. Yes. <sighs> we need like a nerd alert button that I can press every time you're being a nerd alert. <laughs> um, I just don't think there would be any audio left. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up the Count of Monte Cristo, uh-huh. uh, which is, look, I'm just going to say before we even start, it's a romp. Yeah. So Alexander Dumas, uh, obviously he's the author of The Three Musketeers, The Man in the Iron Mask. I see. Yeah. So he wrote some like, you know, he wrote some bangers. Yeah, no, they're famous. Yeah. They they got movies made after them. He's mad famous. (laughs) Yeah. I freaking love The Three Musketeers movie. I also just read The Three Musketeers and it was great. I love The Three Musketeers movie from the 90s. The one with the, I think it's like a Michael Bolton song at the end where he's like, well, it's all for one and one for all it's like anyway it's, loved it's it. too much i loved, loved it, it. Yeah. yeah i had it on vhs yeah and i used to watch it again and again and again <laughs> yeah it's ideal anyway so i'm i'm reading the count of monte cristo basically what happens is we're in this like nice ass town it's like a port town mm-hmm. and this i love a port town who doesn't love Port town. You get all that sea salt in your hair. Yeah. So good. Your hair just looks really so good. good. Uh, only problem is you got to moisturize a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But we should be doing that anyway. Yeah. So the ship comes in and this young man gets off the ship and everyone's like, oh, he's so cool. His name is, mm, it's Edmund or Edward or Edbug something. Something we'll, Eddie. We'll go with Edbug. Eddie. <laughs> so Eddie hops off the ship. <laughs> Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. It just it just came into mind now that you're saying that. When you're reading these adventure books, mm-hmm. do you imagine yourself as the protagonist? Uh, no, not really. I think I mostly kind of picture them a little bit like um, watching a movie or like a period drama. Like yeah. it's, it's like a soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes, what is happening? I wonder if some people think about themselves as the protagonist. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe especially younger kids might as well yeah definitely yeah definitely they'd be like what would i do if i was yeah, there yeah, yeah. yeah i'm not very imaginative so i'm like here's a book and i'm reading <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically eddie gets off the boat yeah everyone's like eddie eddie you're so handsome and cool he's got this like beautiful girlfriend called mercedes they're gonna get married his dad's like you know a little bit like mad poor and he's like i want to look after my father and then everything's like coming up eddie wait hang on in the night, in the eighteen hundreds, yeah. there was a character called Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes is the cars are named after a person. Who? who what person? Mercedes. Who was that? I don't know. It sounds like Mercedes. Yeah, now you say it like a Greek name or something. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Like Hades. Yeah. 
Anyway, go on. I'll look it up later. <laughs> everything's <laughs> coming up, Eddie. <laughs> Google it and let Lee know. Um, yeah, so everything's coming up, Eddie. He's going to be made captain of this ship because uh, his captain died. But while he was, uh, so his captain dies on his deathbed. He's like, oh, will you deliver this like one thing? Oh, say no to, and just get on with your life. To the island of Elba. And of course, because Eddie's like, you know, he's noble and shit, even yeah. though he's a poor guy. He's like, yes, I will. So he goes to the island of Elba. Context. Record scratch sound type of context. Napoleon Bonaparte was exiled to the island of Elba. In real life. In real life. I did not know that. Yeah. How yeah. come? Uh, so he like took over France. And, and everyone then, was like, none of that. Yeah, so they right. popped him on the island of Elba. That's interesting because I feel like historically people just get killed. Yeah. No, you can't just kill Napoleon. Uh, you know, a pig like that. You don't need all at once. <laughs> wow. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Why did they spare him? Uh, good question, because it did not turn out well, as you'll see. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to the island of Elba. He send, he brings this letter to the island of Elba. He gives it to some guy who's not Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, okay, cool, thanks. Can you deliver this letter to this guy in Paris? And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess so, because I promised this guy on his deathbed. I got up. So he arrives in town. He's like, all right, list of things to do. First of all, kiss my dad. Second of all, kiss my girlfriend. Third of all, get married. Fourth of all, deliver this letter, I guess. Right. Now, here's the problem. Mercedes is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy who's like mad in love with her. Yeah. Um, second of all, Eddie is like super cool. And there's, his like second in command is really jealous of him and kind of oh, hates him. Oh, that's always right? a bad scene. Yeah. So Snakes. Snakes in the grass. Yeah. yeah. So they end up finding out that he's got this letter mm. and they dob him in. To who? To, to the authorities. Why shouldn't he have the letter? Well, because Napoleon shouldn't be communicating with anyone. He's been exiled. I see. Was Napoleon exiled in real life or just in this story? No, in real life. Okay. okay. Yeah. So he... Is this a non-fiction book? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets dumped in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um. So these two guys, they like get together and they figure it. And they're like, boom, sucks to be you, Eddie. I'm just like, stay in your own lane, live your best life. And then yeah. you don't have to be mean to other people. Exactly. exactly. Oh, you know I hate this. Yeah. So he gets sent to this magistrate and the magistrate is like, he's like, look, I was just given this letter. I don't know why I'm happy to hand it over. Like, you know, I'm not like, no big D. I'm not a Bonapartist, whatever. Yeah. And the magistrate's like, sick, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Like it's his wedding day too. Everyone's like, let's go get married. Yeah. But then he sees the letter. Turns out it's addressed to his dad. The magistrate's dad. The magistrate's dad. So the magistrate's like, fuck that. No one can know this. So he arrests Eddie and sends him to a dungeon in the middle of the ocean. Whoa. Wait, a dungeon in the middle of the ocean? Yeah, it's just like a normal prison. But like Alcatraz. Yeah, like Alcatraz. It's like Alcatraz. He got sent to Alcatraz. He got sent to Alcatraz, but in France. Yeah. France Catraz. Yeah. Alcafrance. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so then um, Napoleon comes back because that, that's what the letter was about. So Napoleon... Was he like, prepare for my arrival? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. He's like, plump my pillows. I'll be there in 10. Get that mint ready on the right? pillow. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so what happened, and this is like a true thing, Napoleon lands on uh, lands in France. So this really happened. Yeah, this really happened. I love when they burrow two storylines yeah, yeah, together yeah, yeah, when yeah. one is real and one is not. Yeah, fully. Um, so Napoleon lands in France 
and the king sends all of his like soldiers after him and legend goes i don't know if this is precisely how it goes but like you know the main the main gist of it is that napoleon gathers an army and just marches into paris but legend goes that the army was sent after napoleon and he was like stand and serve Whoa. And they just changed sides because they loved Napoleon. Is Napoleon a good guy or a bad guy? Well, look, it's complicated. History yeah. doesn't really have those. Well, no. I'm sorry. It does. Retracted. <laughs> 100% retracted. <laughs> but some people are more ambivalent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. So, yeah. And then for 100 days, Napoleon rules. Is this true? Yeah. Wow. So during this time, everyone's trying to find Eddie. They're like, well, he's not... He shouldn't be in jail then because Napoleon's in charge. So what he did was like a Napoleon good thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So they go to the magistrate and the magistrate's like, all right, sure, I'll write down a thing saying that he's a massive Bonapartist. Ooh. But then Napoleon's not in anymore. He gets exiled to a whole different island. Oh, God, they're going to run out of islands. <laughs> they're going to run out of islands. I don't know if it was the same island. Anyway, yeah. they were like, exiled. Yeah. And so then Eddie's just never going to get out because there's this huge note on his record saying he's a massive Bonapartist. This is slander. This is slander. Now, I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's a massive spoiler. All right. So he spends 14 years in prison. During this time, some things occur and and he gets out. Not the French Revolution. No, it's not the French Revolution. Okay. That already, that, that happened. That had happened. That was right. 1790. Okay. I mean, well, there were there were a couple of others, yeah. so <laughs> can't really say the French. You know what I'm saying? That was a pretty hectic time. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit much. Yeah. And so he discovers that all of these people who uh, did awful things to him are living like great lives. Kings. Well, they're not kings, they're but like you know, kings. they're living like kings. Mm. And uh, he goes on uh, uh, the greatest revenge of all time. Leave it there. Yeah, so I'm just saying, before John Wick, <laughs> <laughs> there was Edmund Dantes, <laughs> right? Like, this is like killing your dead wife's puppy times a million. Like, Whoa. we sent you to prison for 14 years. And he wants his time back. He wants his time back. Cool. All right, check it out. It's called... The Count of Monte Cristo by so, Alexander Dumas. Riveting. Yeah, and I would recommend that you get an unabridged version and an unbolderized version, which means because, like, the first translation that ever got done, um, Victorian England was like, oh, that's a bit naughty. So they took out, like, the <laughs> naughty stuff. Yeah. And you don't want that. No. Everyone likes the naughty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ideal and features one of the most iconic... Um, lesbian characters who is like, you know, just like mad gal pals. He's never like, oh, she didn't want to marry anyone because she was gay. But like, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> you read between the lines. I didn't even read. Be- I just read the lines. <laughs> as I mentioned, not that imaginative. But yeah, Count of Monte Cristo. It's an absolute romp. And a uh, fun fact about Alexander Dumas, he was mixed race. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's on my list. <laughs> All right, Eddie, we're nearly out of time. We're nearly out of time. But there was something I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about it earlier because I've been mm-hmm. reading A, The Running Man. Yeah. And another book set, I think during that same time period, The Buckman yeah. Road called The Long Walk. <gasps> They're Ooh. both horrific dystopian future novels. All right. You know I love a good horrific dystopian future novel. They're, they're one of the best. Yeah. Um, but you know how you're just saying uh, it's 
500 years in the future and people are still talking the Queen's English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's 5,000 years in the future and there are still men and women. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Fully, fully. Like, it's like a million years in the future and they're still like, well, ladies are weak. (laughs) So this is set 2025. The race politics of 1985 are just transferred to 2025. Without any changes. Without any changes. Right, 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 yeah. Right. You know what I'm sick of? You know what I'm sick of, Eddie? Tell me. And we need to do something about it. Do we? Not I mean, us. I'm pretty lazy. Not us, but like... As a people. As a people. <laughs> you know when you're reading a book? Yeah. And you're reading a book and there's this character, there's Jimmy and there's John and there's Max. Yeah. And then everyone gets a description, but then there's Caleb and he gets described as black. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, Julie yeah, 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 yeah. and Jane and Josephine and the only description of people's sexuality is if you're a lesbian. Right, right, right. Fully, fully. I think one of my favourite things is when people fight against that. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, so I was like walking along and then this white lady said this. And it's like, it's not that the white lady said the things that she said because she was white. It's that people often bring race or sexuality or uh, disability, like all of these different types of differences. They bring them in when it's like, you know, quote unquote, different from the norm. Mm. And I think it's really interesting when people highlight what the norm is Mm. and say, you know, that's just as different because we're diverse, Mm. you know, like people are people are different like yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's important to celebrate difference i'm not being like no never talk yeah, about yeah yeah that. difference is awesome right like yeah. so i have certain subject positions but i also have other things about me um like if like like i'm a podcaster right mm. and talking about me being uh mixed race chinese and a podcaster it's like they should be the same kind of sort of thing. I don't know. Sometimes people are like, oh, I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, green, oh, it's or always a red orange. flag. If someone says <laughs> yeah, that, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, the thing is, you should care. You should care because it's part of my identity. Mm. Like, I'm a podcaster. You should be interested in that. If you're interested in me, mm. I'm also, you know, mixed race Chinese. That's also a fact about me, and it's a part of my identity. And if I was... And informs the way that you are in the world. Yeah, fully. Yeah. So it's like, you know, these things are important to talk about. Like, I'm not saying erase difference. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all the same. Yeah. Like, I personally think if you want to, like, for example, build a company or make an invention, the best team you're going to have for that is a diverse team because they're always going to have different perspectives, different understandings. You know, like if you build a building and you don't have anyone who has a disability or knows someone with a disability on that team, well, you're not going to have ramps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's just because like people don't think of that stuff. Yeah. And and King is notorious for it. Yeah. Fully. Like, well, I'll be reading through, I'll meet 15 characters and then I'll meet the 16th character and he'll be described as black. And I'm just like, oh, does that mean I should have been visualizing every character before this as white? Yeah, fully. And I'm just like, because maybe I wasn't, maybe I, maybe I wasn't like that, but it's like yeah. what you're telling me I should have been doing. Yeah, fully. And it, it's so um uh, insidious. Yeah. And I don't really know how to fix it. You know, I think just generally having more diverse characters. Well, that's the thing, right? If you don't want to have just one token character, then have a lot of characters. Fully. And I just think like, if you look at, I don't know, the census, because yeah. I'm a nerd. Press that nerd alert button. Nerd alert! <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the world is diverse. Like if you're writing even in like the Bible Belt of Middle America, it's not all like, you know, the same person. Yeah. Like if you're, I, I, I think it's this really interesting thing, especially in crime, because mm. people are like, oh, well, like most serial killers are men and most serial killers kill women. So uh, that's just realistic. And I'm like, okay, sure. Fine. Whatever. I mean, you're writing a book and you're making up the things. So actually these are your decisions, but whatever you're going for some kind of realism at which point I say the world is more diverse than yeah. your book. <laughs> I, I think it makes me have another thought, which is like, in some ways writers love to describe a character as like, if you're not white, then they'll describe it. Yeah. But if your character is queer or lesbian or something, then yeah. they won't describe it. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like that classic thing of like, oh, Dumbledore's gay, but he doesn't say or do anything in the book. Oh, you can't hear me, but I'm banging my head against <laughs> the wall. I'm so sick of this. Right? Like, I'm like, oh, he just doesn't say anything because in this world it's just accepted. And I'm like, well, you know what? I talk about being gay all the time. I never stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never stop. <laughs> like, if I was Dumbledore... And they were like, oh, hey, it's Eddie Dor. Like, what's up? I'd be like, oh, hi, students. Fucking Just got back from being gay. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm still gay. And uh, yeah, Alahamora. I hate this bullshit because it's like, how many heterosexual representations did we see, say, in uh, Harry Potter? Sure. And then we're just meant to assume that, oh, no, everyone's sweet with gayness in this world. That's why you don't have to show it. Yeah, that's it's why like, it's never That there. is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I hate you, J.K. Rowling, for so many reasons. So many reasons. Look, and I know it's, like, unpopular to, like, diss J.K. Rowling. I just think that she does this thing where she, like, oh, no, didn't you know? Actually, the the mermaids in the in the lake are gay as well. You just didn't see the lake in the book. <laughs> right? She's like, oh, actually, the whole back of Hogwarts is, uh, is actually RuPaul's Drag Race, and you just didn't know. <laughs> All right, we are done. We're out of time. Yeah. But uh, hey, it's Christmas. Hey, If it's, you're into Christmas, yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. If you're not, have a good break. Yeah, yeah. Happy holidays, guys. We'll see you in the new year. Yeah, fully. And um, yeah, if you need to get some last minute Christmas presents, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here are my suggestions. Are you ready? Go. Take off an old sock, put some googly eyes on the top, Sing a song as that sock puppet to your loved ones. Beautiful. I'm going to go one step further. Yep. Record it as a little film. Yeah. Put a filter over it. Yeah. Send it to a loved one as art. Yeah. And and just, you know, in case you need some audio for your film, uh, here is my new Christmas <laughs> single. <laughs> go on. Merry Christmas. <laughs> 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 <laughs>